It's June 16, 2021. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marsh Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll have Ray Chung Fujihira from the Box Jolly, and he's here to tell us about their 10-year anniversary. And then we'll be joined by Michelle Chung from the True Initiative and Dina White Cherney from Pacific Point, uh, who are here to tell us about the digital economy in Hawaii. Of course, right now, I want to welcome and congratulate Ray Chung uh, from the Box Jolly. And of course, uh, they are making a major milestone. Welcome to the show, Ray Chung. Thanks, man. You know, so uh, doing the double-digit anniversary, you know, that's that's pretty good. So I want to congratulate you. You know, your your humble beginnings over at the you know, I guess sharing space over at the fish cake on Kaka in Kakaako, uh, you've uh, you've pretty much uh, grown out of that space, and and I know you're also involved with uh, Entrepreneur Sandbox, and you got a new space over at the well, at Ward Center. So, great accomplishments. What what, what do you think? What do you think uh, has <clears throat> has evolved over the last ten years? What are your what are your kind of your key takeaways? Man, over the last ten years, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we started as like a school project, right? So the space has evolved. Um, you know, it's been really interesting because in, in the co-working kind of space and the way that people work, it's really the past year, you know, that things have accelerated greatly, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of been a very interesting time with COVID and coming out of COVID. You know, we can't really, uh, you know, make any predictions, you know, but, you know, people, people have all worked from home now. So it's a, it's a different game, I think. Well, yeah, and and uh, you were saying it was it started sort of started as a as a school project and probably like a uh, one of the, the the business plan one of the many business plans that you probably put together, and of course <clears throat> you know the idea of uh, of co working resonated. Uh, you know, a lot of people looking at the gig economy and and looking at uh, taking up. Not necessarily taking up office space, but maybe needing a space to be uh, that's flexible. Whether it's a you know like a a shared uh, a desk space or an actual office space, but something that's maybe not as as permanent, you know, as as taking out a a lease or or rent on um, you know a, p- a particular office in a building downtown. So, in terms of the in terms of you know the the uptake, I mean. Ha- you you said that the it's really accelerated during the pandemic. Is that because people, a lot more people, were looking at the idea of of remote work, you know, working from home, not going into the office? Yeah, well, I think people got used to working from home, and um, you know, but there there are things that are really nice about working from home. But there's certain things that it's just kind of hard to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to be by yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. So people are kind of getting ready to come out of their shells, especially with uh, all the vaccinations and whatnot. So, you know, you're seeing that. You're also seeing um, companies um, that aren't really, you're like, hey, we, we've done this remote work thing, you know, so maybe we can think about our office space, right? And we don't need this giant space. You know, maybe we, we can have a smaller space and then have people, you know, coming in from time to time. So we've been seeing a bunch of that as well. So it feels like things have changed, and I don't think the dust has settled yet. You know, we don't know where it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But really, the change in the the change in thinking in the past year has been more than the nine years prior. Oh, is that right? So you, you're saying that what has sure. what has happened over the last year is more than what has happened 
in the previous nine? Yeah, yeah. The the change in people's thinking is more than the previous nine years, for sure. And and uh, is it the the change in thinking in a in a positive way in in terms of uh, utilization of of spaces like uh, box jelly? Um, I think we're going to be seeing more of that. You know, I don't know if it's a positive or negative. You know, but it's definitely a change in the way that people work or people perceive what is possible and how to be productive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So tell yeah. me, uh, you know, you guys made a major change from the space over over uh, you know where you were, you know, at Fish Cake, uh, and you've taken up a a, a fair amount of of uh, floor space over in uh, Ward Center. I mean, tell us a little bit about that space. Sure. So the ward center space, we, we basically we took the ideas that we were getting and the things that we're playing with at Kamani and some of the learnings at Sandbox and then, you know, built this space from scratch mm-hmm. uh, in ward center, which is kind of funny because you're like, ah, it's like in a mall. It's kind of weird, but it, it works out in a lot of ways. And we, we get a lot of the things that we wanted, you know, in this in this location, you know, like we're right across from the park and the beach. You know, we got parking, food, all that kind of stuff. So, and then the actual design of the space, since we designed it from scratch, we were able to incorporate a lot of ideas that we had been playing with, with like temporary walls and things of that nature, and we were able to like go out and build it out. So yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked on how it, how it's happened, you know, how it's, you know, you know evolved. Um, and it has been an evolution. Uh, it took about three years to get this project done. And, you know, it was like, <laughs> yeah. like a lot of ups and downs, you know, a lot of, Crazy things, but yeah, I'm I'm happy that it, how the way it's turning out so far. You know, we got a lanai, we got a coffee shop, so yeah. you know, a lot of the things that we've always wanted. So, Rachel, when when was it that you actually opened the doors to the Ward Center location? Uh, Ward Center, we opened in October. October of of uh, last year of 2020. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty slow, as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, no, because you know, I I. Of course, you know when when we could go out face to face. I I often like to kind of frequent uh, co working spaces and kind of hang out and see what's going on. Totally. And and yeah. I know you guys moved, but I think because of the nature of just being sequestered, you know, I I never really got out, so I couldn't. I never really went and visited. So I always see pictures, but uh, I haven't gotten a chance to get out there. And and I think it's exciting that you're going to have a you know this this ten uh, year anniversary. So so what's uh, what's in store? Are you are you uh, inviting people out there or you know how can how can people come check it out yeah i mean if you want to come check out the space you know i encourage to to just kind of like uh just uh drop in during the week you know we're doing like a 10th year uh anniversary with some of our friends you know and members and stuff just to just to kind of like start to bring community Mm -hmm. you know it's been it's been it's been so tough with covid you know our whole thing is getting people together and we haven't been able to do that so, um, yeah, it should be it should be nice to see some people face to face that we haven't seen in a while. And, oh, that sounds you know. that sounds great. Yeah. So, where can people go to check out uh, your guys' website? Sure. So, um, our website's uh, theboxjelly.com, and our Instagram is uh, theboxjelly, and you can get more info there. Sounds good. Mahalo, uh, Ray Chung, for joining us. All right, thank you very much. I'll see you. And of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Michelle Chung from the True Initiative and Dina White Turney from Pacific Point. And of course, we'll talk about accelerating the digital economy in Hawaii. This is Bite Marks Cafe. 
Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I am now happy to welcome Michelle Chung back to Bite Marks Cafe. She's the executive director of the True Initiative and Dina White Tierney. She's the founder and CEO of Pacific Point, a Salesforce consulting partner. And, of course, we're here to talk about the uh, digital economy in Hawaii and why is it important. I want to welcome you to uh, Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So, you know, I I, I know both of you since uh, we've uh, had Michelle on talking about the True Initiative and and getting companies, you know, really to embrace some of the the digital technologies, and and Dina, I I know you from, you know, when we were doing the Hawaii Annual Code Challenge and and uh, Salesforce's support for you know that that event and that that was great and and you know it's great to have you both on as as not only workers supporting you know the the whole digital economy but uh, you know, two women that 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 are you know kind of key figures in. How does you know how does Hawaii shape its its future leveraging some of these technologies and and maybe Dina since you know I haven't had you on the show before tell us a little bit about what Pacific Point actually does. Sure. Um, first of all, like you said, thank you, Bert, for having me. Um, I first, and I have to say it has been a while since you and I saw each other, and I just want to say you're an amazing evangelist of technology here in Hawaii, and um, I just want to say I appreciate you. Um, <laughs> As far as Pacific Point, we are a Salesforce consulting firm headquartered in Honolulu. And what we do is we help businesses as well as public sector organizations implement technology and what we uh, Salesforce technology. And what we like to say is we bring business and technology together and we create solutions for them on the Salesforce platform. Um, so that's kind of us in a nutshell. Um, and we work with a whole bunch of companies and the public sector as well in the state of Hawaii. You know, and and when I when I met you as a, you know, as a uh, woman-owned company doing Salesforce consulting, uh, headquartered in Ho- in Hawaii, I, I thought, wow, this is great, this is great. But I, I you know, I, I take it you're you're actually calling from the mainland, and and uh, uh, it's late <laughs> over there in in Denver, and I was thinking, like, what are you doing in Denver? <laughs> Yes, I'm glad you asked. Yes, I am calling from Denver. It's about 9 p.m., but no worries. I'm always um, in support of all things happening in Hawaii. We, I do live there full time, but I am visiting our Denver team. Uh, we have off, our headquarters based in Honolulu, but we have two other offices. One is Denver, and that's our U.S. extension, and then we also have Sydney, Australia. So we are a proud locally based company that's expanding not just to the U.S. mainland, but even abroad. And, and you know, the... Uh... The fact that you know you are focusing in on on Salesforce, and obviously there's there's a lot of opportunity there, and and your expansion was your expansion really around uh, looking at being closer to your clients. Yeah, I mean, I think really um, Salesforce has done an amazing job with the technology that they have innovated on. I mean, I've been in, I've been doing CRM implementations for longer than I want to tell you. <laughs> when <laughs> yeah. it was not Salesforce as the leading Salesforce, uh, the leading CRM consulting uh, firm, but you know, here we are today, and Salesforce is certainly the leader, and they've they've invested a lot in the technology. And I think the reality is, companies and organizations are hungry for 
to implement that technology. And so our expansion was a combination of not just the demand um, from companies in various places, but also to bring talent, um, you know, and augment talent that we have in our Hawaii team and really just kind of diversify the skill set that we can offer our Hawaii customers, but also our Denver-based customers and our Australia-based customers. Oh, that's great. That's great. And and Michelle, you know, we've had you on uh, talking about the True Initiative, but for listeners that might uh, not be familiar with True, can you can I give us a, a quick like rundown? What what exactly is the True Initiative, and and what are some of the key objectives of of you know getting companies here to participate in in the True Initiative? Yep, of course. So True is a nonprofit with a mission of creating tech-enabled jobs and helping organizations accelerate their adoption of technology um, and innovation. We do that by sharing solutions to common business problems. So we'll take someone who has adopted AI for call center, and then they will showcase what they've done, the lessons learned, impact they've had, that has had to their organization, and we share it with um, anyone who's interested so that they don't have to recreate the wheel, so they don't have to start you know, from the ground up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so... And then... Oh, go ahead, Michelle. Oh, so true, those two things. So I mentioned showcasing solutions, but then we also foster connections. So we do that by hosting collaborative events um, so that you can connect with people who are, are further along or, or people who have solved problems that you're facing now. You know, and, and when, when, of course, the three of us talk about the digital economy, I mean, we sort of have an have a idea of exactly what that is. But if, you know, if you're trying to figure out, like, what is, uh, what is Bert talking about? What is, what is the digital economy? Michelle, I mean, what, how, would you, how would you try to explain, you know, the digital economy? And why, why is it important for uh, all of our listeners to, to kind of grasp? Yep, so I think that with the pandemic, it's shown that physical borders matter less now. And what's important is embracing digitalization and innovation as a way to increase productivity, increase efficiencies, and make sure that your organization is sustainable and strong. Um, so it's not even not just digitizing existing operations, but looking at way digital can make your organization stronger. Leveraging new technologies like AI and machine learning or um, CRM I, in the past, where it was more difficult or more costly, I think that new tools and new solutions now allow you to do it faster. And with a smaller startup cost, I guess you know one of the things that uh, maybe you can help help uh, reflect on is when when the True Initiative was was initially born out of you know the sort of a, a, a brainchild of uh, Paul Yonamine over at the uh, Central Pacific Bank. Uh, it's been it's been maybe a, a couple three years, right? That uh, the True Initiative has been going on. Have you seen kind of a an embrace of it, uh, you know, an acceleration of companies really kind of getting behind the idea that the digital economy is important and, and uh, you know, companies in Hawaii need to really move move in that direction sooner than later? I think so. And I think that the pandemic has accelerated that and it's brought it to the forefront of conversation. I think that um, when we first started, it was in a role to find a handful of organizations that believe in digital economy and using tried and true cloud technologies to um, improve productivity and efficiency. And now I think it's a common conversation that we have and people are adopting and leveraging each other's um, knowledge 
I think that there's still a lot of work to do. Um, but yeah, I think that it's a larger conversation now. More people are speaking the same language, which is what we're after. Mm-hmm. And and Dina, as uh, Michelle was uh, reflecting on on how the initiative has has taken shape and the mention of a lot of work to be done, what is it that you feel the work that needs to be done in terms of helping to accelerate Hawaii's sort of embrace of the digital economy? Yeah, I mean, I think it can start um, really simply with the organizations that are here today um, making investments. You know, I'm, I'm a true board member. Um, you guys know I'm the founder and CEO of Pacific Point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in this role, I've, I've seen Salesforce benefit many local companies and organizations. And I want to see more companies leverage technology in Hawaii, of course, Salesforce in particular, because that's what I know and understand the most, mm-hmm. um, but because I've seen it make a huge difference for those companies and organizations. I'm eager to have more people take advantage of that. Um, you know, and that's really the true vision that I have as a board member is that, you know, we see more businesses and people get skilled up in technology. And that's the first step towards having a diversified economy. It's really starting with the organizations that are here today and, um, you know, having them get serious about making digital and technology investments. Um, and that investment isn't just an acquisition of software or the implementation services that, you know, maybe our company offers, but it's the ongoing enhancements. It's that investment in the employees that just drives that continued innovation. And really that's what you know, I'm hoping for is more people taking that first step, right? It's a start. Um, so anyways, that's, that's kind of where I am. And I see a lot of our customers you know, looking over their shoulder over the last six months or year or two years, having taken those first steps. And I'd like more and, and seeing what a huge difference it's made for their companies. And of course, I'd love to see more companies doing the same. So, so, uh, yeah, Dina, I mean, when you, when you say more companies doing the same, are, are there mm-hmm. companies that are kind of like resistant to the change and, and even having experience what's going on with the pandemic? I mean, what, what are some of the objections to leveraging some of this technology? And obviously, it's not technology for technology's sake. I mean, it's it's technology to improve operations. But what are some of the obstacles that, that you need to overcome to convince somebody that this is an important thing to do? Yeah, I mean, I think the convincing is done. I mean, I feel like a lot of companies, when, when I speak to them at least, and, and again, I'm talking mostly um, on Salesforce technology, and how it can increase their efficiency, and there's a number of things which I can go through. But nevertheless, it isn't so much that they need convincing that it's the thing to do. I think that companies know they have to do something. They're feeling that sense of urgency. I think where that struggle starts to come in that could delay it is, you know, competing demands, staffing issues, you know, workforce skills. Uh, and there's a whole number of things. And what I'd like to encourage our, our you know, our customers to do is take a first step, right? Mm-hmm. No matter how small that first step is, taking one step and starting to, to slowly make that investment, it just makes a huge difference. I've seen companies increase efficiency using the Salesforce platform, including the state of Hawaii um, as a public sector mm-hmm. organization, um, you know, engage with their customers in more meaningful ways. I've seen companies provide better service because they're able to track things more efficiently. They're automating things, increasing sales. You know, one key thing that I think a lot of people don't think about is even happier employees. You know, employees want to have tools that help them do their jobs better and more efficiently. And so we've seen this 
be added to the list along with many other things that, you know, Pacific Point, you know, helping these organizations implement Salesforce um, and just making that first investment. Um, but that's, those are some of the hurdles we've seen. Yeah, yeah, that, that's great. And, you know, I, I, I do want to uh, ask Michelle, what are some of the examples of, of a, a true initiative collaboration that has taken place, let's say, over the last uh, year or six months that you could kind of kind of share with everybody to kind of get a good idea as to how this actually all works? You know, how does, how does a company start to embrace the true initiative and, and actually get kind of hands-on into the, into the digital economy and improve operations? But we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with both Michelle Chung from the True Initiative and, and Dina Tierney from Pacific Point, and we're talking about Hawaii's digital economy. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Michelle Chung from the True Initiative and Dina White Tierney from Pacific Point. And right before the break, you know, we were talking about uh, companies as they look to transform themselves, leveraging some of this technology, embracing the digital economy. And, and Michelle, I, I know you've, you've been involved with a number of projects, and, and we've talked about some of them, but maybe you can share maybe one of the more recent uh, engagements with, with the True Initiative and how some of the companies, maybe an example of a company that's taking, taking any of these um, Let's say AI leveraging AI applications or or taking a, a Salesforce application and actually leveraging that and 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 incorporating into operations. I mean, give me a give us an example of how does this actually work? Sure. So when I started off with True, um, one of the first use cases that we explored was AI for call centers. Mm-hmm. And Central Pacific Banks was going through an evaluation, so they share that through the True community. Um, during the pandemic, they actually completed the project, and it was timely because of the dispersed workforce. So they were able to use, in this case, um, Amazon Kidnap to create a call center help desk. And they um, digitized their operations. They had remote workers. They were able to increase the number of um, agents um, based on need. And, uh, and since then, um, Adrian Chi, who's the CIO there, has shared some of the amazing results that they've had. Um, So one example is that the calls decreased. So they went from 700 calls a day to 200 calls a day because the system was able to answer some of the commonly asked questions. And you can imagine the impact that that's had to the help desk, to the customer service, to um, time to resolution, all of that. And so Adrian has been really giving of her time and her lessons learned. So she's met with a couple of organizations um, first after they initially shared their project. And again, very recently, um, because I think people are seeing the value of it. I think that maybe traditionally people throw um, bodies at something like a help desk when there's increased volume. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But now they're considering smarter ways or different ways of handling those issues. Um, And any because the system has been in production for months now, she's able to share more lessons learned, more results, more impact. 
and how she's extending it. So she has a roadmap that goes out, um, but she started small, and um, the results, you know, spurred on more, more growth in the solution. No, that's that's great. And and uh, Dina, you know, I, I think between you and Michelle and others that are on the uh, uh, board of uh, True Initiative, your success is going to turn into an issue when you perhaps are looking for folks that want to uh, maybe fill jobs. If you're looking at at the I guess one of the one of the signs of success is that more companies want to embrace the digital economy. And I think one of the challenges might be that uh, are there are there qualified workers to fill those jobs? And and maybe Dina you can maybe talk to a little bit about is it a, is it is it a challenge to find qualified workers uh, you know if again it's it's <clears throat> the embrace of the digital economy is successful. How do we get? How do we get? Make sure that the supply of workers are are there. Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it's a hundred percent true. Not just in Hawaii. I mean, because you you know our companies are spread in other locations as well. Is a lot of people are looking for tech talent, and um, it's a challenge across the board. And yeah, absolutely in Hawaii as well. And so you know, I think. Um, it's a combination of things that really have to happen. Um, you know, an individual has to make the choice to, to get some training and, and skill up as best as they can. Uh, Salesforce in particular has free online training through their Trailhead program. Um, you just sign up, you can get a free dev org and, and get in there and do some on, online training, which is amazing. Um, but in addition, I think companies, as they start to invest in certain technologies, like we've seen with many of our Salesforce clients, they will, you know, start to transition someone out of one tech into another or take someone from the business and start to train them up in Salesforce and make those kinds of investments in them so that they can can, can develop those skills. Um, so it's really going to come down to a combination of things, um, you know, the individual themselves, and I think the organization's making that. Um, and, of course, True has been great about, you know, um, sharing information and, and helping support that through um, some of the workshops that we've also hosted um, with True to just bring more knowledge and skill. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. And you know, <clears throat> I think there is a recognition that uh, you're you're onto something, Michelle. Uh, there's <laughs> momentum being built around the digital economy, and I am very hopeful that uh, you know it is enough of a, of a momentum that uh, we can successfully diversify Hawaii's economy. And so there's a, there's an upcoming event that's taking place, and and Michelle, maybe you can share a little bit about uh, what this event is all about. Yep, sure. So it's about um, Hawaii's digital economy and how we need to all invest into it. And we have a couple of guest speakers. We're going to have Governor Ike that's going to share the importance of digital economy, and it's really a follow-on to his state of the state and digital economy being part of his um, vision for the future. Mike McCartney, who is the director of CBED, will also be on. He'll share how some of the public and private partnerships in, has been in action and how that's um, impacted um, the state. And then Paul Yunamini will be sharing how collaboration is actually a path to quicker transition. Um, and as you know, Paul Yunamini is the uh, chair of True, and he was the, the creator that kind of leaned into the, this need and creating solutions for it. Um, Eddie Antai, the president of Data House, will be sharing some of the programs that he created. So as a follow-on to your question on um, workforce development, there's a community innovation mentorship program where um, 
So the organization one. So Michelle, uh, you know, we got we're we're pretty much at time. So where can people find out more about the uh, uh, event and sign up? Sure. Uh, so the event is Wednesday, June twenty third at ten a.m. and they can find out and learn more about it and register for it at www.hec.org/true. Sounds good. I'll put that up on our show notes. Michelle Chung is the executive director of the True Initiative. Dina White Tierney is the founder and CEO of Pacific Point, a Salesforce consulting partner. And of course, I want to thank them both for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about the new Van Gogh exhibit over at the Hawaii Convention Center. And of course, our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HBR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HBR app, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Oh,